Now, get ready to spend the next two hours with our three sports-loving ladies, Lauren Brooks, Taylor Dahl, and Mia O'Brien. This is Helmets and Heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Tuesday! Tuesday! Oh, boy, Lauren Brooks left for the NFL Combine, and they left me the keys. Oh, boy. Don't worry, Taylor Dahl at my side, as well as Coach Dave Campo pinch hitting for one Lauren Brooks, who is in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, but will be joining us in just a little bit. This is Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Hello, friends. Hello. How are we doing? We're good. Coach Campo, I feel like you've been here all day long. Well, yeah, listen, <laughs> I, like I, I've always been a utility infield. If somebody gets love hurt, it. I'm in. I love it. He's pumped, he's ready to go, and he's had some golden corral in his system now, so he's fueled up, literally driven by tire outlet, and uh, rearing to go. Don't spread that around, please. <laughs> he goes to golden corral. Hey, nothing wrong, like a little uh, little mid-afternoon pickup. It's all good, it's all good. You need a mid-afternoon pickup to uh, take a deep breath, reset, and get ready for what is sure to be an interesting Jaguars off-season and free agency period. It officially doesn't begin until after the Players' Championship on March the 15th, and yet here we are already with so many news and notes from Jaguar land to get to here tonight on a Tuesday. We begin with the restructuring. That, of course, is when players take upfront money as opposed to taking a larger cap hit in the National Football League. We have seen several Jaguars restructure their deals with the front office over the past few days. Let's begin in chronological order, Taylor. We begin with Foye Lewican. That was early Saturday morning. And if we want to even take it back a step further, mm-hmm. C.J. Beathard, backup quarterback, re-signed on Friday. Then the Foye news. Then the news that Roy Robertson-Harris would be signing an extension, essentially yeah. restructuring his deal to give him a smaller cap number for this upcoming season. And then Jamichael Hasty, the backup running back, also re-signed. Walk me through your thoughts with each of those moves over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I jokingly had texted you about the C.J. Beathard. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> Trevor is not. Trevor has to battle for his position, jokingly. But obviously, it's the comfortability factor and a lot of the things that they talk about that I, I think that Trent Baalke and Coach Peterson constantly talk about is keeping the group together, and they reiterated that today. And so there's there's just that comfort factor. You're hoping that you don't need C.J. Beathard, but if you do need C.J. Beathard, there, he's been here. He's now worked with this offense. He's now worked with these coaches. He knows Trevor well. And so those, that, for me, obviously, you're not counting on that being a major thing. It's just more of keeping the band together type of stuff. Um, I, lo- I love Roy Robertson-Harris. When, when the Jags signed him from Chicago, I was super pumped, and I had a lot of people kind of looking at his numbers, and they were like, I don't know, like he didn't do much, but he was just such a rotational piece in Chicago. I knew that if he ever had the chance to be a starter and be out on the field more, that he would be able to see a lot of success. And you saw that progress throughout the season, especially in the playoffs. He had a really good playoff, and I think that stood out for him, and that ultimately got him maybe that extension. But obviously the extension helped the Jags too. Um, So that's a win-win situation, and that's another term that I think Doug or Trent used today, win-win. But – for I, I like the foyer thing. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense for both of them. Um, and then what was the last? Uh, Michael Hasty. Hasty. That one, I guess I was a little surprised, but I think for, to me it's maybe more of the number side of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely, just because of the sheer numbers in the running back room. Coach yeah. Campo, uh, which of those moves surprised you? Which one do you like the most? We begin with those first four from over the weekend that the Jaguars made. Well, first of all, I'd have to say that uh, – Number one, if anything to do with uh, Harris, uh, I knew when he first got here, when Taylor said that he 
used to be with the Bears, uh-huh. and I knew he was going to be good. There's no question about it. But the one that surprised me a little bit was Hasty, only because, you know, that position, uh, you, you like to have two guys that you can go to war with uh-huh. no matter what, and you can do it interchangeably. But it really shows what this team is going to be for the duration that Doug Peterson is here. You know, it's a, it's a, it's by committee, but it's by uh, not a power running type of a situation. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a pass, pass block, catch the ball out of the backfield, yeah. give the ball to ETN, and that's it. And so I think Hasty did a good job. I mean, he actually ran for over 300 yards and had a pretty good average. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think it's smart on their part. Familiarity, like mm-hmm. you just said, breeds familiarity, and it's the same thing with. Uh, uh, the quarterback, you know, he's a guy that – and the great thing is that Doug knows what a backup quarterback is supposed to look like. Yeah. You know, he did it, and he knows he has to support without threatening. Yeah. And that's that's what Beathard is. Which and, and, Mia, when you're talking about – you can kind of see the way the team is going, as Coach mentioned, because even moves inside in the season with getting rid of James Robinson. And then obviously now here we are when you're seeing a lot of teams kind of shift to like the two running back situation. Green Bay does it with obviously Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Dallas was doing it with Zeke and Tony Pollard. There's several teams this year. Chicago did it with Cleo Herbert and David Montgomery and the Jags don't, they're not going that route. It, so to me, it shows many things. Number one, their confidence in ETN and their confidence of being able to be a pass heavy team with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. that That's the bigger Thing for me, the bigger piece of the puzzle that I think, even with the re-signing of Jamichael Hasty, I think that it's still out there and it's still unknown. JJ, if we could get ready to queue up number eleven from Doug Peterson, because of course Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke did speak at the NFL Combine this afternoon. They also spoke with the Frangie Show. You can check out those exclusive interviews over on our 1010XL YouTube channels. But Doug Peterson was specifically asked about if they need another running back. I personally think they do need that bulldozer type guy. Here is what Doug said earlier today in Indianapolis. You know, I think I think in today's game you got to have you got to have two to three guys. You got they, they got to be able to carry the load. You're talking about a 18 week, 17 game schedule in the postseason. It's it takes it's wear and tear on guys. You know, and and, and so you know um, we haven't seen enough of Snoop Connor yet either. You know, and and but we we like him and we know what Jamichael can do. We obviously know what 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 you know TJ Etn can do. Um, and so, you know, yeah, you're always looking to, to have two, three, four guys that can work the rotation at any given time, you know. And I would say this. The last thing I would say is I like him to play special teams as well. And so that's a big, big part of the, you know, I, I think the, the impact of a running back is being able to play special teams. Snoop Connor, 12 offensive snaps this past season. He did play a little bit of special teams, Coach Campo, but – I mean, Doug's right. We really didn't see a ton. I've seen a lot of people who say the fact that he didn't even flash during training camp, that's kind of a red flag of sorts. Mm-hmm. You tell me, running backs. Well, I, I, yeah. think that's a, I think that's a little bit of a red flag because there were some situations where you might be able to use a power runner and, and uh, you know, they stuck with the guys they have. I believe they have Mecky Sargent as well on Makai. the practice yep. squad, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, they must like those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they wouldn't just keep them around to keep them around. But, you know, obviously it's early. You don't know who's going to make the team. There are some guys that were there last year that are here now that won't be there when we open up. So, you know, I, I think you need running backs. That's, you know, their, their life is short. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's important that, you know, the, the, the special teams and the pass blocking 
because I don't think ETN is as anywhere near as good a pass blocker, blocker as uh, Hasty is. Correct. And that's why Hasty's in there. Especially Whereas, on third down. That's yeah. what I'm saying, on third down. And that's why, uh, you know, ETN is not in there on third down. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's probably the better pass catcher, catcher of those two. Right, exactly. Uh, not, not far from the only restructuring that the Jaguars made over the last five days, of course, because then this morning the official news, courtesy of Field Yates of ESPN, that Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Brandon Scherf had all restructured their contracts. This is one that Taylor I had pointed out and reported a little bit earlier in the year that Trevor Lawrence had met with several offensive players and suggested to them, hey, we want to keep Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. We want to keep Juwan Taylor. We want to find a way to keep these guys. Maybe you take up front money, and then we create that cap space, and that has come to fruition over the last few days, it appears. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, because we were hearing you report on it, we were kind of, I guess, assuming it would be a situation to happen because you were hearing these guys like, man, I want to play here in Jacksonville. We, we had something going last year, and now we could get be even better next year. So let's bring everything back together. Um, it is interesting, and I like the conversation you guys were having earlier on primetime of what that's going to look like, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little more later, but like, what's that going to look like in a few years when the Trevor is talking in contact and con- contract talks at that point, and are they going to be like, well, you told, us to, <laughs> you told us to do this, take a little less? Yeah, that's interesting, and it's going to be interesting because of what was said earlier today about the fact that the uh, – Everybody, first of all, there's a standard for the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, on, on primetime today, uh, Leon brought it out. And he said, you know, you're not going to have somebody making a big chunk mm-hmm. less. Yeah. You know, they're going to keep that money going. And that's a little bit of a concern. But I tell you, you know, I've been around a lot of guys. I've been around a lot of quarterbacks. This guy, for some reason – would not surprise me if he if he's talking to players like that that he isn't enough of a team guy that he would sacrifice something when it came time for the contract especially if they're continuing to grow yeah. and getting better mm-hmm. you know I don't know many guys that would go to another guy and say hey we need your money you know <laughs> we need your- well well you're <laughs> get your money yeah. you're going to get it in a lump yeah. sum Definitely. up yeah. front right. so that right. we can create more room Correct. on the back end Correct. for other people but he he just seems to be the type of guy that you know might be a little bit of a team guy when it comes to that so the final number with that regards the jaguars converting a total of 32.657 million across three players base salaries that being christian kirk zay jones and brandon scherf so approximately approximately about 10 million per player for Contact's sake, Christian Kirk was set to have about a $22 million cap hit. So this would bring him down to about a $10 million cap hit. This mm-hmm. is significant, Taylor. Yeah. Um, con- converts that into signing bonuses. That created $26.14 million in cap space. Combine that with what we saw over the weekend, Foye Luikin is saving the Jags about $10 million. Now you restructure Roy Robertson-Harris. That's probably going to save you about two or three, mm-hmm. even though now you're putting that towards Jermichael Hasty and C.J. Beathard. Yeah. But then you combine with what many people believe is inevitable and the release of Shaq Griffin, and that's a $16 million cap number. And now are we, it's, are we still seeing – are you seeing that happen? Yeah, okay. I, I just don't see a world in which he's a part of the team. I know Coach yeah. Campo doesn't either. And at that point, Coach Campo, then you're $30 million under the cap with enough room to not only re- to sign your upcoming draft class, 
But it gives you flexibility, and this is where I want to ask you guys this. It gives you the flexibility to obviously extend Evan Ingram, give him a long-term deal. Mm -hmm. It also, in theory, if you're not going to have to pay Ingram a ton up front, well, you're going to pay him a a large signing bonus, but not a ton in terms of his cap number this upcoming season, you would have perhaps that $18 million in room if you tag Jawan Taylor. Would you do that? Yeah, I I mean, I'm a little bit shaky on that one mm-hmm. because I, I don't I don't believe right now he is worth eighteen million dollars. Now, if if you didn't have the backup in uh Walker Little, then I would say you're a little bit he may be in the driver's seat. But with that situation I believe that that uh that the Jaguars are in the driver's seat there as far as coming up with a reasonable good offer for Jawan but if he won't take it, then I, I think that's one that you could let walk and still be effective on offense. I like the idea of mm-hmm. him being here only because I think that puts you into the draft going to get the defensive players you need to make this a little bit more balanced. Yeah, it's hard to me. It's hard for me to say that that would be the right move. I love Jawan Taylor. I love the step that the massive leap to me that he he took this year because this time last year I was like, oh, he's not even going to be starting. Like, I truly did not think, think he was going to be a starter on the offensive line. And so now at this point you're debating possibly paying him $18 million. And when you look at the other right tackle contracts right now, it's the most on average is 19.2. That's the highest paid right now. And so is that is it worth it, especially with the depth and some of the guys that you do – most people are pretty confident can come in and make that happen and you could kind of move things around and make that right tackle position not have a major drop-off without paying someone $18 million. Because to me, when I was looking at a lot of these restructurings, it almost looked like it was pointing directly to, hey, now we can afford to tag Ingram and have this $11 million. And then you still have a little bit of room to move around and maybe go grab a couple guys. It's not going to be any massive big names like you did last year or overpaying some guys, but you have a little bit of money to work with. Yeah, and I will I, I will say this. I was told last night that Jawan Taylor's camp has been sent an offer letter from the Jaguars. Okay. It, it's not like they're not interested in keeping him. Um, and that is something that Trent Baalke talked about today in Indianapolis. JJ, if we could get ready for number nine, courtesy of Trent Baalke. It's not like they're not interested. It's just a matter of, will he and his camp say, we appreciate this number, we love Jacksonville, but at the end of the day, there is more money to be made elsewhere. But here is Trent Baalke in Indianapolis on either signing or even the possibility of franchise tagging Jawan Taylor or Evan Ingram. You know, again, I think with Juwan and Evan, I, I don't want to speak for them. Uh, they know how we feel about them, and I think we know how they feel about us. And the, the, there, there's a win-win in there somewhere. We just got to get to that. And the negotiations are ongoing, and there's something that, you know, they're not going to get finished today. Um, but we've got a nice window here before free agency start, and our goal is to try to close those deals uh, within that window. And that's why I tweeted out what I did this morning about, which, I, I, again, I keep saying it. I thought I was just kind of connecting dots for everybody. Apparently mm-hmm. it was breaking news. <laughs> um, let's be real. Evan Ingram has tipped his cap. Yeah. Uh, he, he has he has very much said he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. His agent is going to get a deal done. He expects his agent to get a yeah. deal done. Um, so from what I was told, his agent tried to play a little hardball yesterday. You know, just... You have to. That's yeah, your you job. have to. Some tactics, yeah. especially with all the space that's being cleared. Mm-hmm. And uh, and apparently this morning there were some more productive conversations. And so, yeah. The thing like is, it. is like they, they're going to find a way to get it done. Yeah. And even if they don't get it done by next Tuesday, 
they'll use the tag. Yeah, and that's what, to me, I would be, if they didn't use the tag, I would be more confident that Evan Ingram would take a deal with the Jags and maybe a little less than Jawan Taylor would personally. And I, I mentioned this last week because, I mean, New York pretty much booted Evan Ingram out of there. Like, get out. We don't like you. You suck. Bust. So, of course, like he's in a place where he's comfortable. He found something that was working and him and Trevor really clicked. And by the end of the season, you're talking about him. People are talking about him being one of the top half tight ends in the league. So that's a big shift in one season. Right. It completely changed the trajectory of his career. And I'm really not usually big on tight ends. I mean, you know, they're OK. They, yeah. they you know, but in this case, I have a bromance with with uh, Ingram because I've watched him work. I've seen him improve his ability to catch the football, which mm -hmm. was his, the, 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 downfall. the knock on him down, yeah. knock on him coming in, you know, going over there, the coaches, I guarantee you the coaches didn't tell him to go over and catch balls from the quarterbacks in pre-practice mm -hmm. back in training camp. That's the first thing I saw. Then I saw him catching these tennis balls and stuff. You know, I mean, I love guys like that. And he has that. I, uh, you know, the eyes with the quarterback. Yeah. And let me tell you something, that's huge. You he know, if you've got a guy that, that has that kind of chemistry, you don't want to lose him. Definitely not. And I think that he's definitely, to me, a lot more like a wide receiver tight end. Right. So a wide receiver tight end that's not catching the ball is a problem, but he obviously worked on that a ton this last season, and it, it's, it's paid or which it's is, going to pay. <laughs> which is why it'll be curious to see. We're going to take a look at some mock drafts coming up a little bit later in the show. It'll be curious to see if the Jaguars do draft a tight end, and mm -hmm. if so, if it is that Y tight end or if they're looking at more of a blocking tight yeah. end. Speaking of drafting tight ends, we're going to check in with our very own Lauren Brooks from the NFL Combine live in Indianapolis coming up after this timeout right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Helmets and Heels driven by Tire Outlet. Stilettos and Sabermetrics. Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 10XL. Looks like a girl, but she's a flame. My mom's going to like your uh, selection, Taylor. This wasn't mine. Oh, it's not yours? I'm guessing this is Lauren's. Oh, perhaps it is. It is a Tuesday edition of Helmets and Heels. Wow, I almost said XL primetime. Whoa, <laughs> baby. Six o'clock in the evening here on the East Coast. Six o'clock as well in Indianapolis. That is where our very own Lauren Brooks, our third helmet and heel. Although, what do we call Coach Campo? He's the, the heel tone, or what, what, do we, what do we call you? The I forget the word we use. Yeah. I've, been, I've been called many names. Yeah. <laughs> Not ones some that nice, can be said here nice. today. <laughs> Coach Campo uh, batting, uh, pinch hitting, I should say, for us here at 1010XL headquarters. Lauren at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. This is her song for our music theme tonight of songs that get you pumped to work out and perhaps even run a 40-yard dash in Indianapolis. After the travel day she had, I don't think Lauren Brooks wants to run a 40-yard dash. How are we holding up, Lauren? Oh, not bad, not bad. Uh, just have been up since 3 a.m., so no, I will not be running. Uh, and as most people know who've listened to the show for a while, I have a little bit of flight anxiety, so I don't sleep very well the night before. So when I say up at 3 a.m., I mean I was awake at 1 a.m., couldn't fall back asleep, but I actually physically got up at 3 a.m. But I actually did great today on the flight, so I'm proud of myself. I've told myself that I actually like flying. <laughs> and I'm going to start to believe that one day. That's what I've convinced myself of. 
just lie to yourself. That's what I've, I honestly, right before the show started, we were talking about you, the day a little bit. And I was like, I feel so bad because Lauren already has flight anxiety. And I, <laughs> I feel so bad. But Lauren, I, before we jump into like some of the specifics of the combine, I heard you telling a story earlier that made me laugh. And um, so a, bull, a, a bulldog uh, barked at you. And you did not, you did not gator chomp him back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I try to be professional, you know, when I uh, uh, arrive at the combine. And so we, Hayes and I literally had just arrived. Obviously, Frank had to do the first segment himself. We had to race up and around the entire convention center to get our credentials. Uh, And so as we're making that walk upstairs, this group of, I'm assuming multiple bulldogs, uh, we're coming down the escalator, and yeah, this one guy literally just looked at me dead in the eye <laughs> and started just going, woo, 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 and I was like, um, okay, so I just, I kept walking, said nothing, uh, honestly didn't even think to get her chomp because it was so unexpected, it's not like I'm at a football game, right? And with the crazy travel day, I, I literally, I did not act quickly enough on my feet. I should have gator chomped him. And, but then at what point, you know, he's then just going to be like, yeah, we, we beat your butt on the field. I, I just want to know how he knew you were a Florida Gator. Like that, that's, what are, I don't what, think he did. What are the odds? Not, he sensed it. Yeah, that, that's wild. <laughs> maybe, that, that's absolutely maybe. wild. Lauren Brooks. I think, I think that was the, their way of whistling at you. Yeah, maybe it was, oh, it was a maybe, cat call, maybe. dog call. He didn't quite realize that I'm, oh, I don't know, Coach Campo, 20 years his senior. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Lauren Brooks joining us from Indianapolis on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. So, Lauren, I know you've really only been in Indianapolis for about three hours now, but kind of set the scene for us, not only of what you've seen so far at the convention center and who's walking around, who has spoken, but also what's to come the rest of this week. Yes, yeah, interesting, Mia. Everybody here seems to be obviously here for different reasons, and it's the first time it feels like the Jaguars get to kind of sit back and relax and, and smile. And so that's been really interesting. When we've been here in the past, it's been, you know, which number one overall pick will the Jaguars take or which high pick in general. And so I think I didn't get to actually speak to Doug Peterson or Trent Balke since we weren't here yet, like you said, uh, but you could just tell listening to those interviews, and, and Frank did a great job with those, and he was able to change his flight to arrive earlier, uh, that that they're relaxed and they like the position, obviously, that they're in. They want to keep the band together, like we've all been saying for the past few weeks. As far as the combine overall, the quarterbacks obviously are going to get most of the attention. But I think one of the more fascinating things is besides like who goes first, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, and I, I do think that is still a question. More than that, it's more like I can't believe that the other two quarterbacks are being discussed that high. Like there are so many people here that do not think Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are ready to start for an NFL team. So of course that begs the question, are they going to get drafted that high and are they going to sit behind someone? And so the, I think more of like the Andy Staples of the world, the college guys are sitting there going, no, I watched them. We talked to him this afternoon. I know you guys have him on, on XL primetime all the time. Yeah. He's like, I watched both of these quarterbacks. There's no chance they should be taken in the first round. But yet you've got these NFL pundits who clearly in their mock drafts think that they'll go high. So obviously the quarterbacks, uh, and it'll be interesting, players uh, will come through starting tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see kind of the guys up close. I, I love looking at like the defensive linemen, the offensive linemen, and getting to see just you know how massive they are. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting, Lauren, because obviously a lot of the talk today has revolved around all of the contract restructuring and mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, make some a little more cap space for the Jaguars to be able to work on. And then now you're looking towards, which we've had many talks so far about Evan Ingram and Jawan Taylor and what we do with these guys or even Arden Key. Um, but since they do not have a, a lot of money to spend and now we're sitting at the combine with a later pick, we're used to that number one pick for the last couple years and it's it's obviously now further down in the line do you feel like this combine feels a little more important because you are going to have to nail some of these later picks and the the specifics when it comes to the 40s and the interviews and all these stuff are really going to matter this year I do think it's going to play a huge factor as far as are they going to stay at 24 do they move up because they did find someone that they believe won't be there by that point in time are they going to move back and acquire some more picks that I think is where, yes, the combine is going to really give them an idea of, of exactly what they'll be working with. And of course they'll talk to other people. Doug Peterson said it today, you know, the combine is where you come and you listen. Mm -hmm. And so I do think they'll, you know, glean a lot of information, but at the same time, I also got the sense from listening to the interviews, like everybody else did, like Trent Blocky's kind of sitting back and just looking around going, I'm good. Like I can figure out exactly who I want if we are picking at 24 with this crop of people because I have done such a good job and and we have done such a good job of getting these contracts where we need them to be. And really, other than right tackle with that question mark, there's not a lot of huge holes. So I think you get to kind of add to the depth and certainly you you can add here and there as far as maybe a, a starter here and there, but not very many positions would you really be adding starters couple more for Lauren Brooks on the Fair and Fair phone line live from Indianapolis. So, Lauren, the defensive linemen hit the field tomorrow, and then the quarterbacks, um, I believe, are after. So, it's the defensive linemen, then the defensive backs, and the offensive linemen, and then quarterbacks. Yeah, the quarterbacks are Saturday. Yes, I was going to say. I believe yeah. that's the order. I know you guys are there till Friday morning. Um, but mm-hmm. the interviews obviously really kick off tomorrow. Who are you excited to see, talk to? Is there any prospect you have circled on your list? You know, it's funny. There's not like specific ones because I don't know which position group the Jaguars are going to go with. Uh, But certainly as far as the podiums, I'm going to, you know, Hayes and I will get down there probably around 8 a.m. and start listening to the prospects talk. And I will say, you know, there are certain former Florida guys uh, that I will find fascinating. Georgia players, obviously, Jalen Carter is a huge story. Will Anderson is a huge story. So I just like to listen to those types of guys. But as far as where the Jaguars go with that 24th pick me, I have no idea. And so there's not, I'm not really circling like I have been the last few years. When it comes to the, what a normal day looks like for you there, Lauren, what are you, do you actually get to see any of the drills or is it mainly like interviews that you're. The only testing that they do inside the convention center is the bench press. Okay. Everything else is in the, the actual stadium. And so that's separate from radio row, even though it's technically all connected. So the only things that we have been privy to uh, have been in the past, the bench press and that we will get to see again this year. But yeah, it's, it's, a interest, it's a very interesting layout, but the great part about downtown Indianapolis is it's walkable. So we lugged our suitcases. Obviously, we didn't come to the hotel earlier. We went straight from the, the airport, all three of us just Frank separately, went straight from the airport to the convention center and then we had our luggage, but we were able to just walk it. It's a five to seven minute walk. So that part is great. And so Indianapolis has done a really good job of setting this up uh, perfectly. So 
And, oh, by the way, we have excellent weather. I'm looking at a sunset right now. Tomorrow, the high is going to be 70 degrees. Oh, what? Last time oh, we were here, goodness. yeah, it was like 30 and raining and snowing. Oh, just all the terrible things. 70 degrees in Indianapolis? <laughs> yes, What's happening? What's happening? I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Um, so <laughs> maybe the Jaguars will strike gold at 24, and it won't be another Taven Bryan, because obviously I know that's a concern many <laughs> Jaguar fans have PTSD from the last time they picked uh, outside the top 10, Lauren. Yeah, he was taking, what, 29? We're not picking that low. He'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> They're not going to be gambling on guys that haven't, you know, played more than 13 games, like, I don't know, Anthony Richardson or something like that. It's, no, absolutely not. It's all good. It's all good. All right, Lauren, well, we look forward to the coverage. Leave the folks at home with uh, any of the exciting things that you guys have coming up, any interviews or any folks you guys have on the calendar for tomorrow and Thursday. Sure, yeah. Well, Frank's done a great job of tracking down the play-by-play voices from the AFC South. So today we talked to Texans play-by-play voice Mark Vandermeer. And I believe tomorrow Matt Taylor from the Colts is on deck. Uh, and we will also get the Titans play-by-play uh, Mike Keith as well. I think he might be on Thursday. Pete Prisco will join us. John Osher will join us. We're going to try and track down Albert Breer. I don't think Ian Rappaport can join us this time. He's, I guess, slightly busy tweeting every five seconds. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we will, we will certainly be tracking down uh, lots of national names and local names as well. And I know Hayes is going to try and uh, get into uh, a really cool fantasy segment with uh, Matthew Kelly as well. Uh, Lauren, ask Matt Taylor how much they are going to give the Bears for the number one pick. Okay, I'll ask him. <laughs> I will ask him. Also, yeah, Mark Vandermeer with the Texans today does not think they're going to move. Yeah, so I, I saw that. To see. And it's yeah. funny because both of them, we hadn't heard much from the Texans at all, but the Colts, they've pretty much been like, we're willing to move the world to get up to one if the, if there's a guy we love, and then the Texans are kind of like, nah. If they if, if that's just one guy, we'll have two, three other guys at two that we can get. And I'm like, okay, that's not really a good mindset to me, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's where you guys, why you are where you are right now. Also, yeah, Lauren, are you guys? Yes, sir. Are you guys going to St. Elmo's? That's what I want to know. That is an excellent question. We should be going there tomorrow night. Uh, yes, we'll I think we're just gonna walk. Yeah, walk to a place tonight well we can actually walk to St. Elmo's as well everything is right in this area so yes I think uh, the district might be on top or uh, an Irish pub called Kilroy's for tonight and then tomorrow night St. Elmo's and maybe Prime 47 on Thursday we shall see what we can squeeze in here don't you worry we will be eating a lot (laughs) get that shrimp and steak and bring some back for us Lauren Brooks thank you so much (laughs) looking forward to all the coverage from Indianapolis all week long all right thanks for having me on thanks for holding down the fort Go sleep, Lauren. You need it. I feel bad. Yes. Let her let her go sleep and uh, leave, rid herself of any plain anxiety that may be lingering. lingering. That yeah. may be lingering. So they will be live in Indianapolis with the Frangie Show tomorrow and Thursday before returning to Jacksonville on Friday. We're going to keep it in the NFL coming up next. We'll dive into some of the other storylines. Taylor mentioned that number one overall pick. Will the Chicago Bears trade it? Moreover, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from the darkness. <laughs> what does Coach Campo think of all that? That and a whole lot more coming up next on Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. tradition in Duval. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outland. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Our music theme tonight, songs that get you ready to run a 40-yard dash, bench press, everything else they do at the (laughs) NFL Combine. 
For what it's worth, Taylor Dahl, mm -hmm. Coach Campo, JJ LaSelva, I packed clothes to run in between my shows here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM today, and I did not go outside and run today. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a very appropriate theme for me, and this is a very uh, Taylor Dahl pump-up song. This, this one is. definitely is you. Yes, I have it ran since September, so I, I was on a kick for a while where I was working out, and now that hasn't stopped, that stopped for a while. I've got to, I guess, maybe turn this on and get back into my game. There you go. Got to listen. Just pump up, pump up. JJ's the music. been JJ's been running like three miles a day lately, and I'm like, I'll I meet keep... you at the gym every day. <laughs> I was just say now you guys live in the same complex. I 8 a.m. Be there. You could be yeah, gym no. buddies. I definitely can't run in the morning. I just I'm not a morning person. JJ, 8 a.m. That's the best time, just because you're like you get it out of the way. Yeah, you're done, and you can be a fat boy the rest of the day. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. That's why I'm snacking on cheese. It's even though I didn't run today. I did yesterday. Uh, really, 8 a.m. JJ. Yeah, most times. 8.30-ish. Yeah, that's how I yeah. am. I say 8, and I get there by exactly, 8.30. Coach exactly. Campo did inform us that he doesn't listen to music before he gets pumped up to work out or anything. Nope. I asked him what he played for the players to, like, pump up his players. He was like, nothing. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> he yelled at him. Yeah. He just screamed. I said, well, the thing is, is Coach Campo, you were a, you were a musician for so long. So Listen, you're trying these, to respect the music. These guys have so many of these headphones that uh, half, three quarters of them wouldn't be listening to music I put out there anyway. <laughs> well, the real question at hand is, what music, if any, do we think Aaron Rodgers was listening to during his darkness retreat? Because uh, four days, four nights, whatever it was, in a log cabin, a hobbit hole, if you may, in the mountains of Oregon, that is where Aaron Rodgers was last week. He has emerged and him and the Packers have had limited conversations, and the Packers still don't know who their quarterback will be in 2023. So, Taylor Dahl, I know he is your favorite human <sighs> being on the face of the planet. Aaron Rodgers, where will he be playing next season? I have no idea. I honestly, for the past month or so, have been very adamant about Aaron Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay. He's going to play. He's going to be a Packer. The last few days, that's fizzled away a little bit, and I think that because even today, I want to say it was their owner, or I can't remember exactly who it was, but one of the Green Bay guys were talking to me. He's like, we haven't even talked. Like, I haven't barely even – we've texted back and forth a couple times here and there, but we haven't even had conversations. But that's just – we heard this last year with Aaron Rodgers, too. It was like, what's going on? Is he going to come back? And I feel like we've done this the last two seasons, so I, at this point, am just stepping back. This is the first year in my entire life that he's been here that I kind of do want him to come back. Um, just Even though a lot morning. of people believe this is the first season that he really is actually going to leave. Yeah, and that, that, so maybe that's it. I'm like, normally I'm like, leave, leave, and he comes back. So maybe yeah, I tell him to stay, <laughs> leave. But we were just talking about this on break, and it's like, where does he go? Where does he go that's a good fit for Aaron Rodgers? Because the New York media, is he won't handle that very well. He's just such a weird, kooky guy. He's dealt with the Green Bay media who has – worshipped him the entire 18 years pretty much he's been there and it's not like that in New York it's a very different very different environment very different fans in New York compared to Green Bay and if you come in and you're not it they will chew you apart very quickly and Aaron Rodgers has never had to deal with that um, so we were kind of like when you go through it you're like where does he fit does he fit in Oakland because he has Devontae Adams does he fit in 
I, there was like the little rumors of Houston or Colts. I, I don't. I think both those teams are way too far from being good for Aaron Rodgers to want to go there. But, Coach, do you see him fitting in in any team right now in the NFL? Well, you know, there's none that I see that's available. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. That's why he may just go back to where he is. And, mm-hmm. and I can promise you he was listening to opera music because he's a diva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and he is definitely uh, putting uh, a bind mm-hmm. on his team. Yeah. And that's what I don't like, yeah. you know. And uh, But, I mean, he's, he's still talented. Yeah. You know, the old problem is, uh, you know, Green Bay doesn't have the same ball club. Mm-hmm. There's windows, you know, that's why it's important that you strike when you're hot. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I, I know he's not going to New York unless I'm completely crazy, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I just don't have any idea where he yeah. would go and, and resurrect. Well, it. And we talked, so on the bears podcast I do, we had the guy from spot track, um, Mike Nettie, and he is co-founder, does all the spot track stuff. So he's really invested in these. All he does is study contracts of players contracts. So he knows like all the ins and outs of incentives and bonuses and what these guys do. And he bashed that Aaron Rodgers contract so hard. He was like, Aaron Rodgers has screwed green Bay. Like, majorly and it was his choice everything the Packers just agreed to everything he wanted to do and he was like pretty much he made a one-year contract because in his head he was like I'll stay one year and I'll get everything I need to do and then if I want to stay I can if I want to leave I can and they literally did everything he needed to do for that to happen yeah (laughs) it's just insane to me it's good to be the king yeah Because it's what? It's like $50 million if he stays, but then if they cut him or he is released or if he's traded, it's still another 40-some-odd million mm-hmm. dollars of a hit. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, it's crazy. And I this is the first year also that I've heard, because I have a lot of Green Bay fan friends, and this is the first year that they've been like, we're over it. He's getting on our nerves at this point. Like, it's just time. It's Jordan love time. They're trying to move on. They Most of my friends are, like, 30 to 35, and they don't know a life without a Hall of Fame quarterback in Green Bay. So they think it just happens again, um, which hopefully not. If that ended up happening, I don't even know what I would, <laughs> I would do with my life if Jordan Love ended up being the, another one. But so for even fans, Green Bay fans who have Aaron Rodgers to be at that point, it's bad. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, far from the only veteran quarterback who is a topic of conversation at the scouting combine in Indianapolis this week. Derek Carr has descended upon Indianapolis not to interview with the Colts, Mm. but to interview again with the Jets, again with the Saints, and then also with the Carolina Panthers, a one-stop shop for Derek Carr. Coach Campo, Derek Carr for you when I say that name. Reaction, where does he rank among quarterbacks today? Where would you see him potentially fitting now that he has parted ways with the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, I think he's at times a little inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's hurt him more than anything else because talent-wise, I think he's got a lot. And, you know, he has won. He's won good years. I mean, you know, so I think he's talented. I think he would help somebody wherever he went. Uh, you know, you just, I think sometimes he tries to do too much and, you know, that's the issue, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's 32 of those guys and not all of them are great and he's good enough. I think uh, if he's in the right situation, let's talk about those teams in particular, the Panthers, the Jets, the Saints, even the Colts and the Texans. I won't throw the Bears in there. I don't want to send Taylor off the ledge. (laughs) The Bears have a quarterback, everyone. Relax, and we're going to get to them in just a second. When you look at a lot of those teams, Coach Campo, they're in this unique situation where are we in the window, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier? Do we have to go get 
a bridge quarterback slash a guy who's proven, and maybe he's only got three or four years for us at his prime, but that's okay, or do you go out and do you draft one of these rookie quarterbacks? What sort of situation, what sort of discussion is that as a head coach with the front office when you're making that decision? Well, a lot of it is based on, you know, where you feel your team is. You know, uh, to me, uh, you're always going to do well if you go get a young player unless you're at a point where you have a chance to to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the teams you mentioned, I don't know if there's any of them that where you could just say, okay, if he comes in, that's you know, we're the, going. That's game changer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I look at the Colts, and I'd hate to have them go to the Colts because they have receivers. I mean, you know, they got some guys, uh, you know, uh, Pittman, you know, I, I love Pittman now. He, he scares the heck out of me all the time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I, it's not – there's not one out there that I can see where you could – you know, that has a great defense where you can come in and do some good things and like Peyton Manning did and – uh, I don't see it. It's interesting to me because I feel like a lot of times, Mia, you and I said several times this last season that the Jets are a quarterback away because their defense was playing lights out for a large period of the season last year. A lot of the young weapons were playing really well. They just could not figure out quarterback. And, you know, it was, they be. wasted a pick on Zach Wilson. Mike White, they thought, was going to be it for one second, and that didn't work. But – is Derek Carr that quarterback that would make that change? And I'm not confident. In well, that. apparently the Jets, according to Diana Rossini of ESPN, uh, apparently the Jets told Derek Carr he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he comes and he joins oh. the Jets. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's he why goes. he's interviewing again. Here's my thing. And Coach Campo, you, you can chime in on this especially. I look at the 2017 Jaguars and the 2018 Chicago Bears, and I've kind of made it like my little fun game that I have on the side mm-hmm. in addition to covering the National Football League. Um that there's always one team that the defense is just playing at such an elite level. And they have a ton of playmakers. That's part of why they are. Mm-hmm. But statistically speaking, the odds of the ball bouncing their way into their hands, this many interceptions, this many forced fumbles, this happens. That The odds of it happening in back-to-back seasons is so minute. That's why you saw the drop-off in the Jags 2018 season, even though the defense was still a top-10 defense that mm-hmm. season. You saw it with the Chicago Bears in 2019. Yeah. And so – we look at the Jets and we look at a defense that was, you know, statistically a top 10 defense. And that's why they think they're in this window right now as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive coach, you know, how difficult is that to wrap your head around? Is this the team that we have, or are we just a byproduct of a lucky break here and a lucky break there? Well, I think some of that was, you know, some of our luck early in this Mm -hmm. season with the Jaguars, you know, they made a lot of plays turning the ball over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen all the time. And I thought they got better as the year went on because they were doing some things without a lot of turnovers, although they had some big ones, you know. So uh, to me, it, you can't count on on turnovers. You have to count on being in the right place, you know, doing the right things. And, uh, you know, usually if you're pretty good and you're, and you're chasing the football and doing all those things, good things happen to you. They, they, they find a way. But from year to year, you can't guarantee what you're going to do turnover-wise. Right. So what's the what's for you the measure of a good defense? How do you look at a team year to year and say, it's not just a one-year wonder. They're a good defense. They've built it. They run. They run really well. They uh, don't give up a lot of points. It's all about the points. Mm-hmm. You know, don't give up points. Uh, we had teams uh, that finished high in 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 the league when I was with with the Cowboys and. It wasn't about yardage. It was about we didn't let anybody score. Mm-hmm. 
And if they don't score, you got a great chance to win. And, you know, I think that's the key. We mentioned the Chicago Bears before we hit our next break. I do want to bring it up. The number one overall pick, as Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Chicago Bears, reiterated at the Combine this morning, Justin Fields will be Chicago's quarterback next season. Taylor Dahl has Mm -hmm. been banging the drum and telling all of you, yes, yes, it's going to be Justin Fields. Stop (laughs) with this nonsense. Um, But Taylor, where could that number one pick be moved to? And if it's not moved, what Mm -hmm. does Chicago do? Yeah, I've obviously been, I've done about seven or eight podcasts already this year about the draft or about free agency and how that free agency could potentially affect the draft. Um, And most of the people, obviously, the ideal situation for the Bears would probably be the Colts because if you trade with the Colts, you'd probably get a little more because they're moving from four to one rather than the Texans just moving up that one spot. And then obviously you're still at four to where you could still get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, one of the two will most likely be there because you're thinking quarterback, quarterback. What Arizona does is a big question mark right now. No one, There's a lot of uh, guesses that maybe they would trade down to if another quarterback kind of starts to rise and someone else wants a quarterback. But I would see Arizona potentially probably staying there and taking Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. But if that if they don't trade back, obviously there's the wild ones of like, okay, well maybe they trade back with the with Houston and then trade back again with the Colts because the Colts want to make sure that Oakland or Carolina don't bump up and get ahead of them and take their guy. And so in that some people have, I think one of the mock drafts on CBS Sports, I think it was today, had them trading back twice. Um, so that would be wild. I don't even know. I don't know if that's ever even happened. Um, but I, I, the one thing that I've asked, and I've asked several scouts, I've asked several draft guys, worst case scenario, they're just not getting offers that they want that they think is worth it for the number one pick, or it's too far down. It's two, seven, or nine for Carolina or Oakland. And Poles is like, no, I really want Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I do not want to trade that far back and potentially lose this guy, one of those guys. Is that the worst case scenario? And everyone's like, yes. And if your worst case scenario is having Will Anderson or Jalen Carter on your football team, like that's a a good worst case scenario. So I, that's kind of comforted me a lot because everybody says they are worth the number one overall pick. So that calmed me a little bit. Um, but obviously, when you're looking at a draft and you're looking at getting more picks and getting compensation out of these guys to trade back, and one of they, lucky for us, two of the teams are in the same division, and they're, there's a little battle there. Even though right now Tennessee's saying there's not. Coach Campo, you have obviously been in draft war rooms. You've been a part of some trading down, some trading up, some trading off assets to bring in more assets. What is that like? What are these conversations that Chicago is having right now? Well, they're talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's calling them. They're calling them, you know, and – it's it's a it's unbelievable because a lot of it won't be done right until you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, people get cold feet that offered certain things and then they that they, they don't call. You know, they're supposed to be calling in and they're not calling. Right. So, so do, do you try to get the trade done well before the draft? Oh yeah, then? you do. If, and a big one like that, that the number one pick, they're going to know whether or not they can get out of there or not. I believe. Mm-hmm. But it is all depends on if their guy is there, mm-hmm. if they're going to trade. For example, if somebody wanted to get up to get Carter at number four, whoever was there, uh, and all of a sudden Carter goes at three, there goes the trade. Yeah, You know, now they're going to sit and, and take whoever comes up. So there are a lot of variables involved, but uh, it's a constant. Those phones, you know, they've got a bank of phones, and you've got every – 
just put a push a button and you're on mm-hmm. you're on with Talking the bears, yeah. you know. And, and uh, if you've seen the draft day movie, you got a glimpse of it. It's wild. I mean, <laughs> you were in Dallas though for the Herschel Walker trade. Yes. Walk us through being involved in that, you know, as an assistant coach. But as everything's going on around these draft day, these weeks leading up to the draft trades, what is that like as a coach? Well, we didn't know anything about it until we're jogging with Jimmy. Myself, Dave Wanstead, Joe Avizano, I think Kevin O'Neill, the trainer, we, we used to run a little bit at lunch. And we're running along, and Jimmy goes, we're going to trade Ursula Walker. Dave Wanstead goes, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? He's the only player we got. He goes, <laughs> he goes, that's exactly why we're trading him, because when we get good, he's not going to be here anyway. And so we made the trade. That was it. I mean, I didn't even know anything. We didn't know anything about it until it was a day or so before the before the trade was made. And that was how many days before oh, the gosh, draft? I can't even remember that. It wasn't very it, much. It was, but it was like the weeks leading, yeah. days leading up yeah, to the draft. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. like it was Ooh, yeah. two months out, like right now. Correct. How Correct. I mean, I know, imagine how drastically that starts to change your draft board too. You're finding that out two days before, and you're like, all right, because that has to shift a ton of that stuff at that it point. Around, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you go from having only eight picks to suddenly you have eighteen picks. Yeah, <laughs> well, we didn't initially because when the trade was made, we had pit, we had players that came to us, five of them, but they were all attached to draft picks, so the draft picks really didn't affect us really till the next year. Okay, because the reason they made the trade was they didn't think Jimmy, they thought we were so bad that the players that we got, the five of them. All were better than anybody we had. So they assumed in Minnesota that we were going to keep the picks and use them and build, right? Well, we only kept one guy, uh, Isaac Holt, the corner. Every, all the other ones, and we got ones and twos and fours <laughs> all and of a them. bunch. And then during the offseason, in the summer, you know, they have the uh, – not compensatory. What am I thinking? The the – Oh, the, the, the supplemental draft. draft. Mm-hmm. Supplemental draft. And he traded Steve Walsh and got, uh, I think, two ones Wow, from New Orleans. So we got a bunch of picks, you know, for the next – it was for the next year, really, the next draft. I think so, we're, we're going to circle back to this in the mm-hmm. 7 o'clock hour when we talk some mock draft because maybe Coach Campo should have been in the movie draft day. Maybe he can help yeah. us with some of our – Mock simulators that I know uh, Taylor and I have been tap, tap, tapping away at the computer on. We are going to take a break, uh, not just from uh, the show right now. We're going to take a quick little break. But we also are going to take a break from football as we say hello to Miranda Rossum of the Players' Championship. We are a week out from practice rounds, folks. What's TPC Sawgrass looking like? What you can expect and a whole lot more. That's coming up next on Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Stilettos and Sabermetrics. Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. You see, we so up there, and we so out there. Hey! I'm waking up in the morning, hustling to the stage. If this doesn't get you pumped up, I'm not sure what does. 
This is my preferred. I like it. But my preferred uh, running song. Miranda was dancing. So yeah. It's a, it's a our, win. our music theme tonight, Miranda oh, Rossum. Awesome. Last week we had Luke Combs. Yeah, last week we had nice little Luke Combs. We had Valentine's Day a few weeks ago. Uh, now we have songs that get you ready to work out hey, in Luke. honor of the NFL Combine. Yeah, there you go. Nothing like a uh, little JT. Action, uh, not Justin Thomas. We will be talking about him, though, in just a little <laughs> the second. The other JT. The other <laughs> JT. This is Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Joining you live from 1010XL World Headquarters, Mia O'Brien, Taylor Dahl, Coach Dave Campo sitting in for Lauren Brooks, and Miranda Rossum of the Players' Championship joining us now. One week out from practice rounds beginning. <sighs> Deep breath. How are you feeling, girl? I'm great. Do I wish I could clone myself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they will event- They will eventually create cloning for you, for me, for Taylor, yes. for Coach Campo. Be- well, Coach Campo already is everywhere. Um, so he may have the answer. He may have the answer to the cloning issue. Um, we're going to get into the Players' Championship, things to watch for, updates on ticket sales, and a whole lot more. But let's begin with the Honda Classic. Obviously more of a limited field this past weekend with so many players taking off this week in preparation for the Arnold Palmer this upcoming week. And that is expected to be quite the field. Miranda down in Orlando. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I think 46 of the top 50 players in the world rankings are going to go to Arnold Palmer for a little bit of a practice round before the players, if you will. It is an elevated event, so I would be remiss if I tried to downplay uh, our friends in Bay Hill, but I think that this is just everyone gearing up and just getting their mentality right to be able to bring their best upon Avidra on uh, March 7th. I love it. And technically, Taylor, the festivities mm-hmm. begin this weekend here yeah. in Ponte Vedra as well. Yeah, I'm excited because Friday, obviously, we have what exactly is it? it's the food that we get to taste food. And what is it called? It's preview the preview party. The preview party. Yes, I was trying to think of the exact words. So we will be at that. And I am very excited. But what does the next five days look like for you, Miranda? Because obviously things like really are hit and go at this point. Yes. So... I don't know if everyone knows, but opening weekend, we do a little bit of a sneak peek for all of our fans. We open up the fan shop early so you can skip the line and as well as get first dibs on some of the limited edition merch that is only available then. So get it before it sells out and then you can wear it to the tournament next week. As well as the 17th hole challenge is open if everyone wants to take a few swings and try to be like the pros. (laughs) Um, And then we'll have some food trucks out too. So it's just a good time and... It is on Friday from 12 to 5, and then Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 4. And we do have those food trucks now. I know the last few weeks we've been still finalizing them. You do have all of our various vendors that will be at the Players' Championship yes. next week. Yes. We, we, we have them confirmed. You want to give us a rundown of who oh, some of okay. those vendors will be? Off the top of my head. Off oh, gosh. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> um, we will have new this year is the Goat Tapas Bar, so yes. that's really exciting. Tacos on 12 is back. Mojo's, Bono's, Four Rivers, ABBQ for all of your barbecue needs, as well as V Pizza. Let me think. I'm missing someone. Firehouse Subs, Tropical Smoothie, The Local. Is Cousin's Main Cousin's Main Lobster. Yep. Mini Bar. Think that. You think you got them all. There's 15. So if I missed one, I am so sorry, but I. I think I got them all. And then we'll also have food trucks at um, on 10. Nice. I love it. And that's uh, personally, because obviously players, when you go, if you have not been, it's it's a good place to, because you can eat, you're drinking. And if you can't really find your way around, you can still stumble on to, <laughs> stumble <laughs> upon to something. But the good thing, Miranda, you mentioned, I think the first week you were on here, the new app. Yes. And the new app has an actual GPS map where you can go in and like click, hey, I want... 
tacos on 12. Take me there. Am I mm-hmm. correct? Yes. And I, I tested it out. Last weekend, it is idiot proof. If, yeah. I can, if I can find my way around a golf course. No, oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> it's, if not, I, in fact, I have some stuff that you have to do for me. I have to, I have to help them get some tickets. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if I was able to find my way around a golf course, then anyone in Ponte Vedra Duval should be able to find a go- their way. So. so what about if you are looking for a particular golfer and it's like, you can obviously see what hole they're on. Is it? I can also be like, hey, take me to eight because this is mm-hmm. where so-and-so is. Yep. It will you say, I want to see Colin Morikawa and what's he up to. You can see you know, his score. You can see a bio about him, okay. like some more enhanced stats as well, as well as find your way around there too. I like that. In addition to the food on Friday for the preview opening weekend, uh, the like you mentioned, the merch tent will be open. Have you gotten a chance, Miranda, to see the merch? I've gotten like bits and pieces and snippets that they've seen like as they're unpacking the boxes and I'm poking my head around and let me tell you. Good. Oh my gosh, I'm about to blow my whole paycheck <laughs> on Friday. It's going to be so bad and I get an employee discount and I still don't think that it's going to but we have like a all new brand new collaboration with Barstool yep. Golf that's, that's cool. exclusive only to the players in the fan shop. Uh, Noble Sneakers as well will mm-hmm. be doing an exclusive. And then we're also partnering up with Melon Hats, Foot Joy, uh, Vineyard Vines. Li- think of your favorite brand. We've probably collabed with them, and it's love in it. the 40,000 square foot merch shop at Massive. the players. Absolutely love it. Absolutely. It, love honestly, it. when you go in there, so I get trapped in there for hours when I go on certain days because usually that Thursday is like the first day that I'm out there really. And I'm like, okay, I've got to see. I always come back with new cups. I have so many cups in my th- And I'm like, whatever, never too many cups and hats. Those are my two things. Always end up leaving with one of those. Cups and hats. I limit, I limit myself to one shirt and one quarter zip because otherwise, forget about it. Yeah. If you're working in sports, you get a, f- a lot of free gear. So yeah, yes. You do get smart. free gear, but, you know, it's, well, yeah, this week alone, I think I've gotten, like, five sweatshirts. <laughs> Every time she walked into your office, like, oh, more free free swag. I was like, another free sweatshirt. My mom is going to kill me with how many free sweatshirts I keep getting through working in sports. Um, Miranda, as far as the layout of the course goes, I've seen some photos from some PGA Tour employees Shh, on the course. Is everything set up? Are all the structures in place? Has has there been a moment where you drove around and said, ooh, that's new and that's cool? Yes. <laughs> it is all very new, very cool. I think we've been sharing on social media some snippets. Ooh. But 17 just looks so freaking cool this year. I cannot wait for everyone to see it. It's not like any other year in the past because we have that double decker, that grandstand. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel like you're in – an arena like the Coliseum, like the roars, like will be heard of, of like all along the property, and I just feel like that dramatic effect is just going to be felt by everyone. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. So for maybe people that this is their first year, they're just not a professional at it. What hole would you recommend? Maybe lingering around for to see some good golf. Obviously, 17, mm-hmm. the most photographed uh, hole in golf. Mm-hmm. Obviously, cross that off your yes. uh, bucket list. But I also think nine, that yeah. eight, nine, they push back that tee box oh, 30 yeah. yards. And it's also got a new fan area because they eliminated that cart pass. So it'll just be like a really good spot to just hang out and get some mm-hmm. breathing room and get some good sawgrass splashes while yes. you're at it. But they, I also just really love six because I feel yeah. like you can get really close. Six, to a golf. lot of people consider like the prettiest goal, the prettiest mm-hmm. goal, the prettiest hole in 
on the golf course. Mm-hmm. But because it's a little bit further out, you maybe got to walk a little bit. But then it's also maybe if you need a little reprieve from mm-hmm. the chaos at 16, 17, 18, at least uh, that's go. where you can find some peace and quiet. So <laughs> maybe that's where Miranda's going to be going these next few days when she needs a little bit of a, a breather. So um, <laughs> updates on parking, on ticket sales. How are we looking? They're looking great. We're so excited and we're so thankful to the population for supporting us. Um, on that same note, Friday and Saturday parking is sold out. Okay. So just plan ahead in that regard. We do have a lot of alternative options. If you still, so don't let that deter you. Mm-hmm. We do have resale parking passes if people decide that they no longer want to go or plans change. We also have shuttle programs, bike, ride share. So definitely don't let that deter you from coming on Friday or Saturday, but plan ahead. Which, Mia, you have a video dropping. Yeah, there may, there may or may not excellent. be a video uh, dropping co-branded between the players and 1010XL, um, and I may or may not be riding a bike on it. So you <laughs> are probably going to want to be keeping your eyes peeled for that one. Let's see. Uh, players' tickets, though, in terms of actual grounds passes, still available. Oh, on They're Friday always going to be available. We're never going to turn away our Duval family. So. Uh, so now, obviously, a week away from military appreciation. Uh, how pumped are you for that? Riley Green? Music, golf. I'm excited. As a military member, too, I feel like it's just really cool to be able to, like, welcome them back in a different capacity, having, like, been a participant and now to kind of be putting it on. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited, and I think that we've put together a really moving program this year, and I can't wait for everyone to see. I'm excited. Loving that 10-day forecast so far, knock on every piece of wood. Yeah, what's it showing right now? It's like a high of 80 on Tuesday. High of 80 on Tuesday, perfect weather, high of 82. Let's go. A little bit cloudy on Thursday, but a high of 74. Honestly, I'm not going to lie, ladies. A little shade is nice sometimes. Yeah, when it was 88 (laughs) this weekend. I don't know about you, Coach Campo. I I was in 16... Oh, that's right. You were in Colorado. Oh, yeah, still. he was stuck in Utah. I forgot he was stuck in Utah <laughs> trying to get out on the airplane. Um, but yeah, no. When it was eighty-eight this weekend, I was like, eh, a little warm. Yeah, so that's seventy-four. I think that that actually will be yeah I pretty like nice for uh, round one. So let's hope it sticks. Well, Miranda Rossum, we appreciate you always sticking around and talking with us. And now it is time to give away a pair of tickets to the Players' Championship. We have a pair of Tuesday tickets, JJ, do we not? And a $25 gift card to Bonos. What number do we want it to be? What caller number, Miranda? Six. Caller number six. Be caller number six, and you can get a pair of Tuesday tickets and a $25 gift certificate to Bonos. What a prize pack. The beautiful Players' Championship. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate Miranda for stopping by every Tuesday, and we look forward to speaking with you in person at CPC Sawgrass Yay. next Tuesday. Yeah, see you guys there. Absolutely. More football around the corner. We're taking one more time out. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet on 1010XL 92.5 FM. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. JJ LaSelva has assured us that this is not his workout song. This is not the song that he runs his three miles a day to. I have questions. I don't think he's telling us the truth, Taylor Doll, Coach Campo. I can picture that. I can picture you running to this, JJ. I'm definitely a salt and pepper guy. Well, especially should we should we spoil the news in case any nooners are listening? Yeah, JJ, I, I, I shaved my head today, folks. You did. No more mullet. Unfortunately, while I was in the chair, I noticed a lot 
of salt and pepper. <laughs> a lot of gray that I had not known was uh, a part of me. <laughs> is that and it what threw in, me for a loop? Is that what inspired your your choosing of salt and pepper? No, I looked up famous workout songs. I, I actually, when I work out, I listen to podcasts. Ah. I don't listen to music. I can just picture you, JJ, like sitting there and like the hair's falling on the floor and you're seeing some gray and you're like, ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Keep it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it back. Fantastic, fantastic. Helmets and heels on a Tuesday on 1010XL 92.5 FM, driven by Tire Outlet. Lauren Brooks in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. So our head coach, Dave Campo, sitting in for us. Thank you again, Coach Campo, our, uh, our utility infielder. He does it all here at 1010XL. And now we're going to have you put on your draft oh. analyst hat. Okay. So it's on. it's on. He's ready. He's ready. He told us that great story in the first hour of tonight's mm-hmm. show about the Herschel Walker trade. And, you know, a- as a coach, what you're doing throughout the course of being told this news and now knowing you have this draft capital, you're going to have younger players you're developing. You don't have that player. So let's begin with the CBS mock draft that you sent us, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's one that we've kind of seen this scenario quite often. The Indianapolis Colts in this scenario would be trading up to number one to move ahead of the Houston Texans and select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Coach Campo, over the years, we've seen lots of teams trade up for the quarterback. The knock on Bryce Young, he's barely six feet tall. Mm -hmm. He's not really 200 pounds. In your estimation, Bryce Young moving up for a quarterback, what sort of gamble is that for a team what sort of research, what sort of scouting do teams do before they make that big decision? Well, obviously, they've seen every game the kid has played, and they, you know, obviously will be at his workout. Uh, he's not going to throw it to combine. So, uh, you know, he's going to orchestrate his own workout at, at, the, at the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, as, as good as he is, it's not as big a gamble, even though the, the – physical presence is not the same. It's not as sometimes as, as making a decision based on uh, that he's got a not quite a good enough arm or this and that. That kid has everything. It's just the size part of it. So, you know, he's going to go one or two, in my opinion, and, and it's because he's, he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Now, it's all subjective, yeah. so – you know, you just never know until you get them there. And, and uh, but everything I've heard about him and what I've seen, that's a good pick. Now, were there situations ever, or do you think that when certain players decide not to throw, like Bryce Young, he's not throwing at the combine, but obviously he'll be doing his pro day. Does that ever hurt players at all when you are evaluating him in the offseason? Not the top ones. Okay. You know, I, they're going to be seen by everybody. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you're the number one pick in the draft possibly – Every team will have representatives at the at his workout. Yeah. Now, where you get into a problem is if you don't work out at the combine and then you get hurt training for your workout. Mm-hmm. And now some guys get missed. Yeah. But usually a quarterback, that's not going to happen to. In this mock draft by friend of 1010XL, Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports, Bryce Young goes first overall to the Indianapolis Colts. In this situation, the Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud, quarterback Ohio State, with the second overall pick. Coach Campo, you were uh, away visiting family in Utah the last week and a half, two weeks, so you didn't 
get to take part in this conversation on XL Primetime. I've heard some folks around the league say maybe the Texans don't draft a quarterback. Maybe they go after a Jimmy Garoppolo and they wait until the quarterback-rich 2024 class with a chance at a Caleb Caleb. Williams Mm -hmm. or a Drake May out of UNC. Do you think Houston absolutely needs a quarterback from this class? Is there a scenario where they they roll with somebody, like whether it's Davis Mills or they find someone else? No, I think they I think they make the pick because Stroud, in many ways, I think might be a better prospect than Bryce Young. You're not gonna if you need a quarterback, you're probably not gonna pass on one that has a chance to be a special guy. And mm. and Stroud is big, he's physical, uh, you know, he 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 really has the the uh, uh, Buffalo quarterback, uh, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen mm-hmm. kind of dimensions and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. And and I really think that they'll make that pick. Now, is there a case for doing it the other way? Sure, if if they're if they're confident enough. But most teams don't want to say, okay, all of a sudden next year I'm going to be one and seventeen either. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no guarantee they can get them. You know, you almost you have to strike when you can strike, and that's what I where I see it. And that's what's interesting with me to Houston because they just they had the number one overall pick until the last week of the season this year. So for for you to really risk missing out on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud this season to hope that you're bad enough next season and and you're going you're saying you're gonna go get a veteran guy. If you go get a Jimmy G or somebody who's like just good enough, you're going to win more than two, three games probably right. to be the worst. And then you're not gonna be able to get, get one of that those guy. guys. Yeah. Exactly. Um speaking of Josh Allen comps in this mock draft, again, by Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports, two other quarterbacks go in the top 10 in Anthony Richardson of Florida at seventh overall to the Las Vegas Raiders and Will Levis, eighth overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this scenario. I want to then go to the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This is courtesy of 6588. You can get in on the conversation, by the way, at 641-1010. He wants to send this one out to the quarterback whisperer, Coach Campo. Um, so... This is courtesy, I believe this is from ESPN. I see Courtney Cronin's name, so this is on an ESPN write-up about Anthony Richardson. Here is the quote from an AFC area scout. The first thing I'm doing is finding out who Anthony Richardson's private quarterback coach is and asking what they're doing about his feet. His feet are just all over the place, and he can get away with that because his arm is so strong, but the root of his accuracy issues start at his feet. That's kind of a diss. Yeah. At the quarterback <laughs> whisper. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. No. Exactly. You don't so, want to get that one out. Well, so, you know, Denny's obviously been, you know, he obviously works part-time here at 1010XL, and yeah. he's been in the building. And, you know, he has said that they've worked on that. Mm-hmm. But I, I find that very interesting that then in that same article, by the way, there were the comps to Josh Allen yeah. for Anthony Richardson, not for C.J. Stroud, but for Anthony Richardson. And in this article, you know, the, the comparison – here, this is the exact quote. The comparisons start coming in considering big arm, physical signal caller, completed 56.2% of his throws at Wyoming before getting drafted at number seven in 2018. Like Allen, scouts believe many of Richardson's issues started his feet, and he obviously struggled with completion percentage at times at the University of Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would say Denny's uh, got a pretty good reputation. And number two, I, I don't think that that's a real smart thing for the, whoever that yeah. AFC scout Put right. out there, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's part of the problem sometimes with these guys. They got 15 guys 
talking to them instead of one or two. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, in fact, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, Wilson's going through that a little bit with in, in uh, Denver. Yep, with because Russell. Jake Keeps. Mm-hmm. Jake Heaps is a quarterback coach, and he kicked him out. You know, he said, I'm, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down with – I'm telling the guy how to throw the football and do all this Compared stuff. to Russell yeah. Wilson yeah. having his own support yeah. staff yeah, in the building. Yeah, his own quarterback in the building, worker in the building. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at it. I, I just don't think that's very smart for a guy to make that statement unless he's trying to set up the fact that he wants him, mm-hmm. which is not – out of the realm. Yeah. Which, it's interesting to me because obviously it's the Raiders. They have the Raiders drafting Anthony Richardson in this mock draft. But and their whole the whole kind of spiel on it is like, you know, look, he has all the physical t- tools. He has the arm. He's ha- the size, everything you want in a quarterback. You check off all these boxes and the physical traits. But they say in this he needs a ton of work and he's not going to be ready to be on a team where he's playing right away. He's going to have to probably learn a lot of things and adjust more than even other rookie quarterbacks have to do. So it's interesting, the Raiders, because the Raiders are in this position where he probably would be starting right away. Right. Yeah, he'll have to. Yeah. Unless they, you know, they're, they're giving up a year. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, neither one of those guys, Levis or Richardson, uh, Richardson I don't think, from what I've seen, are ready to come in and play right yeah. away. Right, and as we heard Lauren say, Andy Staples and a lot of the college guys that are out in Indianapolis are saying the same thing, and yet all these draft pundits that are at the National at the National Football League level are like, oh, no, 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 but the ceiling is high. Yeah. The yeah, ceiling well, is there. Yeah, well, it is, probably. I mean, but there's a ceiling and it's high on a lot of these guys that don't make it. Right, and the floor is also potentially very, very low. Mm-hmm. Let's get it back to the hometown Jaguars. In Ryan Wilson's mock draft, and Coach Campo, I want your take on this, he has the Jaguars selecting Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, who I happen to know is a guy within the realm of possibility right now for the Jaguars. And granted, their coaching staff and their front office haven't had as many joint meetings in terms of wish lists just yet, but he is a guy that they are thinking about. Bucky Brooks, also, you know, field analyst for your Jacksonville Jaguars on the play-by-play right here on 1010XL. He released his newest box draft this morning, and he has them selecting Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. Coach Campo, do the Jaguars need another passing tight end in your estimation, or is this a lot of, well, Doug Peterson worked miracles with tight ends in Philly, so we're just going to keep giving him more tight ends? Yeah, I think a lot of it is that. I, I, I don't, again, you know, Free agency will go a long way towards that, I think. You know, and I'd be disappointed from the standpoint that I think the offense is not as hurt as bad as the defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's a good player. I, I think Kincaid's a good player. I think it's fifty-fifty on which one that you would take of the tight ends of, the, of those guys. Yeah, of the tight ends. Would you take a tight end at number twenty-four if you're the Jags? If they lose, if they lose uh, Ingram, Ingram, Ingram. Yeah. I might consider it. If not, I would not. So if they re-sign Evan Ingram, you're going in a different direction, even if Michael Mayer is there. I, I, I would. That's me. Well, and in, in, in this draft, his explanation kind of says if the team's unable to re-sign him after a career year talking about Evan Ingram. So pretty much this is kind of assuming that if they don't have Evan Ingram, they'll go 
Michael Mayer, which I love Michael Mayer, but to, to me he's and he says it he's more Gronk than Kelsey because I don't think I think it might the combine and all of the workouts might hurt him a little bit because he's really really good, but I just don't think he's one going to be one of those tight ends that like test out of the water. Right. So I do think he may drop a little bit, but whoever gets him is landing a very good tight yeah, end. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Which for what it's worth, George Kittle did test out of the water. He had the highest forty, or excuse me, the best forty yard dash, so the lowest forty yard dash of a tight end in combine history, he still went in the fifth round yeah, for reasons still unknown. And obviously he's become a top three tight end in the National Football League. Yeah. Um, so for you, Coach Campo, before we take our final break, right now, number 24 overall, what position is the biggest need for the Jaguars if they re-sign Arden Key, if they re-sign Evan Ingram, they don't re-sign Jawan Taylor? Corner. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Best available corner. That's me. You know, I think unless there was a defensive tackle in there that was a Carter, and I don't think there is other than him. I think there's some guys. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they're talking about this Van Ness guy. Van Ness out of Iowa. And then they come down and say he's a tweener. Uh, They come with another guy. I don't know. But but to me, it's the corner position is really important. And that's – you know, I think there's a few of them out there. You can go all the way down to six and seven and eight. That's the thing, you know. But four or five of them are going to go in the first round between 10 and 20. Right. So you're probably down around five, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fifth corner or whatever on the board. Right. But there's some good players. Which Trent Bulky yeah. did say today. They wouldn't be afraid to potentially move up if they needed to. But obviously, knowing the draft capital they do, knowing they want to develop – that's probably a tough balancing act as well, having been in that war room where, you know, do you really need your fourth, fifth round? Yeah, you do, because those are the core guys on your roster, right. correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. That well, and especially nucleus. when you look back at and obviously it's it's sometimes you're throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping that some of those late round guys really hit, but you see them, even wide receivers. We talk about the wide receivers that go early, but the Lions got them on raw in the fourth round. Like, give me someone like Amon Ra in the fourth, fifth round, and I'm, I'm there. There for it. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. I was with him. Yeah. I'd like to have him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One more segment to go on this edition of Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. When we come back, we are going to segue to some hardball and the hardwood. Yes. Coach Campo talking some baseball and basketball. You know you're not going to want to go anywhere. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Ah, you got us ready to run a 40, J.J. LaSelva. You got Coach Campo and Taylor Dahl dancing in the studio. (laughs) Well done. Well done. That is our music theme tonight, folks. The NFL Combine. It begins on-field workouts this upcoming Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network with the defensive linemen and linebackers. On Friday, the DBs, the all-important DBs here in Duval County, hit the practice field. And then on Saturday, that's the big one. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, and running backs and offensive linemen wrap things up on Sunday. Those two days' coverage on the NFL Network begin at 1 o'clock. We will have you covered right here on the Superstation all week long as the Frangie Show is live in Indianapolis tomorrow and Thursday, so keep it locked on the 1010XL channels for a whole lot more from the NFL Scouting Combine. But we pivot 
from Mia, the football field. Mia, can I tell you yes. something really quick? Oh, yeah, go for it. So, um, because we were just talking about this topic earlier, yeah. and it pops up on my page. So, Brandon Marshall, uh, former NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall, posted a video just now on mm-hmm. his Instagram, and people have screenshot a certain part of this video. And in the video, it's a it's Brandon Marshall, and there's like a laptop or something, and he typed words over it, and on it, it says, you, me, personally, you're my favorite quarterback ever. Favorite. Aaron Rodgers, congratulations on a phenomenal career. And the caption's like, congratulations, tags Aaron Rodgers on your retirement. <laughs> I was like, is Brandon Marshall just being crazy? Like, he's kind of known to be a little bit? Or, or do you or think does he's he know act- something? Does he actually know that A.A. Ron is done? <laughs> the darkness know. told him, Coach Campo, it's over. <laughs> Maybe. It just took a little a couple days for the, the smoke to clear from yeah. the darkness. Shut the light off. Yeah, exactly. It's time to turn out the lights. It's not time to turn out the lights, though, for Coach Campo's favorite basketball team in the Ooh. college ranks. Ooh. That is number three, Kansas. Two big wins last week as they beat number 24, TCU, and West Virginia. And they are in control of their own destiny in the Big 12 standings with a big one tonight, Coach Campo. Texas Tech at home. We don't lose at home. Uh, yeah, this is going to be, I mean, they just, you know, they lost three in a row in the middle. Everybody said these guys are not as good as they used to be. They've won two big ones down the stretch with their number one scorer that over 20 points. I think he's number one in the country. Uh, points average, uh, Wilson, Jalen Wilson, scoring less than 10 points in two of the ball games. So wow. they've got a full squad, and uh, it's going to be, hopefully if they win this one, they at least have a tie, and then they play Texas at Texas on on the the last week. Kansas, number three in the latest AP poll. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, because we held strong in the AP poll. Um, Number two, Alabama. Alabama obviously um, didn't lose last week. They almost lost to South Carolina in overtime. Um, They almost lost to Arkansas. They only snuck out that one by three points, but the controversy controversy surrounding the Alabama program, uh, Taylor and Coach Campo, with Brandon Miller potentially involved mm-hmm. in a capital murder in Tuscaloosa in the month of January. Um, you know, it does call into question that, you know, Alabama beat South Carolina 78-76. Brandon Miller scored 41 points in that game. If he's not playing, does that change the outcome of that game? But at the same time, the state of Alabama argues that they can't find any evidence that would suggest he was directly involved in this murder. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, my question is, Coach Campo, you know, like, is, or and Taylor as well, like, is there going to be an asterisk if Alabama makes a Final Four run, if they win the national title? Like, what will they be remembered by? Will this be a situation like Ray Lewis where mm-hmm. it's kind of like, ha-ha, like, you know, you know, awful, like yeah. there was a murder involved, but it's like a footnote and we remember him as a Super Bowl champion? Mm-hmm. Or is this a situation where – you know, we're, we're, we're taking down a banner in a few years. I think it depends what happens further in the story, personally, because I think obviously some people, if you can't stand Alabama in whatever form, you are going to have an asterisk by that, and you're going to constantly bring that up, just like, you know, when you go back to the Baltimore Ravens, the people who hate the Ravens still say that. Um, but I do think it will, if anything comes out later about this story where there is maybe a little evidence that he was involved or it's very conclusive that it's not, that'll kind of be the deciding factor of what this basketball season will look like for Alabama. But I do think there's always, there's going to be people that are going to say he shouldn't be playing right now. I agree with that. Unfortunately, and, and fortunately, I guess in this country that 
you know, if the if the glove doesn't fit, you will quit. Mm-hmm. So at this point right now, uh, if they don't have any evidence, then you just move on. You should. Is he still suspended? No, he he's so he isn't. So the other basketball player who was directly yeah, involved, Miles. yes, he right. is off the team and okay. is currently under arrest. Brandon Miller has never been suspended. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, Nothing. I thought he was at first, but nope. I, yeah, no. Okay. Nope. No suspension yeah. of any kind, and that's where people kind of have come into question of while the investigation was on, ongoing, why wouldn't he have been suspended mm-hmm. then? Um, let's stay on the hardwood quick because I know uh, Coach Campo watched a lot of basketball this weekend, or at least uh, he caught some caught some Iowa basketball. Oh, uh, Taylor, maybe you saw some of the clips as well because also in the NBA they had a lot of these buzzer beaters. Oh yeah. And do we, did we, I know JJ and I talked about this yesterday on XL Primetime. Did we have a favorite buzzer beater from over the weekend or an exciting game? Did we have an exciting I, game that we watched? I, I did not watch a lot of basketball, I'll be honest with you. I usually, for me, both. I'm not the biggest basketball fan. It's probably like the low, lower on my totem pole. So once March Madness really hits, obviously I'm locked in. And then NBA playoffs, that's when I really get locked in. Yeah. Well, I love college basketball. You know, I just like how fast it is and – you know, they're still young kids, and, and about 90% of the top teams have freshmen playing, mm-hmm. and they're throwing up threes and, uh, you know, out of sight. So, uh, yeah, the Iowa game, I mean, I, you know, I turned it in about halftime, and uh, I'm glad I did because that just, was watch, when to tune in. just, just mm-hmm. watching the coach at the end, he, he, you know, staring down the official. That was priceless. I almost fell out of the chair when I saw it because I know what's going through his head. He's calling them every name in the book. And, and then all of a sudden, the official, he's just looking at him, and the official steps up into his face, and he turns and walks away because he knew he was about 30, uh, three-tenths of a second from getting <laughs> tossed. Coach Campo, have you ever gotten into a Fran McCaffrey stare down like that with an official? Oh, many times. On but camera? It was, but it was a long way away. It wasn't, it wasn't not that close. That was the best I've ever seen. But what an ending to the game. And, you know, it seems like there's a bunch of those lately. Uh, the three-point shot has changed the game of basketball, and it's been there for a while, obviously. But no game is out of sight. If you could hit three-pointers, you got you got a chance to get back in every single game. And, and f- the funny thing about it, same thing in football. You know, a team's ahead uh, 14 to nothing. And it's like, wow, those guys are way ahead, but it's only two touchdowns. Right. You know, well, all you have to do is hit three three-point shots, and you, you're right you're, back. You're in right it. there. Iowa you know. was down uh, ten with a minute and a half to play. They hit six threes. Yeah. And they came back to force overtime and then win the ball game. Yeah. That doesn't happen a few years ago. No. Baseball though, <laughs> baseball and scoring, <laughs> baseball and time and score. Oh, that's yeah. a that's that's an ever evolving process, Taylor Dahl. Yeah. Uh, the pitch count. Obviously, it's a new rule mm-hmm. that has been used in the minors for a couple of years, but it's the first time it's really been implemented in the major leagues. We saw the effects of it over the weekend, though, in which with the bases loaded, a called strike three because mm-hmm. the batter did not get back into the batter's box quick enough resulted in a loss. My question is, are we going to see more of that? Are they going to modify the pitch count? Do you I- like the pitch count? I I don't personally, and I was I was telling JJ before, like when we first came into the room and we were kind of talking about it very very briefly. But I was just like, I love baseball. Like I personally don't want a baseball game to only be two hours because I thoroughly enjoy the entire time I'm watching a baseball game. And there are moments, obviously, that drag out, and 
Gibby was telling some story on the Frangie show about one of the pitchers who something about I can't remember. Someone they were they did a split screen and in the bottom of the screen, I think it was Altuve hit a home run. And they're like, let's see how many times he can circle the base before this pitcher actually throws the the ball. And it was like seven times. And I was like, okay, yeah, there's those situations, but a lot of the a lot of the pitchers aren't that. You have the quicker pitchers, you have the slower pitchers. I don't love it, but I I, I get they're wanting to speed it up for the base. Basic fan, the the ones that they're just trying to like grow that viewership a little bit. I do think they'll have to alter it though because I you cannot let a game end that way. I, I no. think that like maybe do it until the eighth inning and then in ninth and extras get rid of it. Coach Campo, pitch what? clock. Because uh, don't, don't forget the pitchers have already been on a clock yeah. in terms of how much time they have, but now there's a clock. On no, the bat. Not, not in the majors. Not no. in the majors. This is new no. for everyone. Oh, it is no, new. No. Okay, it is new. Yeah, for this both. is new for both. I'm so used to the jumbo shrimp. We've had the pitch clock yeah. there for a little right, bit. Right. Right. No, they. They. Uh, you know, you can't end that way. Yeah. I mean, that was ridiculous. Uh, you know, you. I don't think that'll ever happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't mind the pitch count. You know, I. I think that it. It does speed up the game just a little bit. It's. A little skewed right now, Taylor, to be honest with you, because I think because when you've got a bunch of backup players playing, mm-hmm. it's not as many hits. So all of a sudden, you know, you're getting strikeouts and yeah. the game's going fast, 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 fast. Whereas when once you get to the the bit, you know, the starting lineups going into the season, I mm-hmm. think it'll it'll go a little a slower little. because there'll be more men on base, there'll mm-hmm. be whatever. Uh, the the only the one that I'm happiest about is the change in the shift, mm-hmm. not having a shift, because I think it will open up offenses, and that's what you want. You want some, you know, action. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want one-to-nothing games. I mean, you know, you, some people might like it, traditionalists or whatever, but yeah. the, the general fan is just like football. You know, all the rules are for the offense. Same thing. It's shaved about a half hour off of games already in one week. Of yeah. spring training. Well, they said, I think yesterday there was a game that was two hours, like little over yeah, two hours, fast. and the average time last season was three hours, three minutes for yeah. a game. Yeah. To me, that's fine. Like, I, I just, I don't see why that's like crazy long. It's a three-hour game, but I, 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 it will be interesting to see once the season really gets going because it is also different if there's players on base. I think it's 15 seconds it's, if there's not a player on 20, base and 20 if 20, they are. Right. So obviously, right. like you said, Coach, once bases are getting loaded and they're getting hits and things are happening, it, it, I think that will that gap will close a little bit. The dry, thing that drives me nuts about the batters, though, which I think is now good, is every one of them step out. Yeah, the yeah. batters are gloves. worse than the pitchers. Pitcher, yeah. Like, the batters take way more time than the pitchers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, they're like, hit their cleats with the bat four times gloves, on each leg. Yeah, readjust this. I don't mind stepping out and then, you know, stepping back in. Mm-hmm. But when you're over there doing your gloves and everything else, it takes all day. Well, unfortunately, this show is only two hours. So, it is time that we say goodbye. Coach Campo, thank you for pinch hitting. For Lauren Brooks, we appreciate your insight. On all things sports, for Taylor Dahl, for J.J. LaSalva, I am Mia O'Brien. Our thanks to Lauren Brooks after a busy travel day for calling in from Indianapolis. Stay tuned for Combine coverage right here on 1010XL all week long. This has been Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet on 1010XL 92.5 FM. We'll catch you next week.